a Bible this morning, find the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, and we're going to be in chapter number 4. Today we are starting a brand new series of messages that we're simply titling, Don't Waste Your Life. Don't Waste Your Life. And this title comes from a book that I saw. I never even read the book. I saw a book on the shelf, and it had this title on it. And... Uh, this title just brought me to a place of, I guess, the word that I use is tension. And about the same time, it came across a quote that has kind of become uh, a little bit of a theme for my life. And understand when I'm saying that, like, this was probably 2012, 13, 14, that this stuff began to be something for me. I'm not even completely sure who originally said this, but the quote goes something like this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Succeeding in things in life that don't really matter. And I guess just deep down within me, as some things begin to happen back then, um, I begin to have these feelings of, okay, I don't really care that much about doing what everybody else is doing. I, I, I want my life to matter. I want my life to make a difference and not just for and not just for people like who see me and think whatever or when I die people have this legacy and they rem- like seriously all of this for me is centered around I want to please God. And there's something that Jesus said in one of the stories that he told that paints a picture of this for me. Uh, the story has been named the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents And deep down, this story is not uh, really about us just as people having talents. It's actually about us as followers of Jesus not wasting the things that God has given us. And we may go way deeper into this story right here in coming weeks, so I'm going to be super brief on this. But Jesus tells a story of a master who leaves his stuff to a handful of servants to manage and steward and to, and to use. And the master comes back later and the servants have each responded differently to what they had been given. And long story really short here, to the servant that he is pleased with, the master responds with this, these words. This is Matthew 25. He says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I put you in charge of many things. You, you have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Well done, good and faithful servants, is what is, what is said here. And listen, again, the, I, I've just come to the place where the goal of my existence here on earth is to hear those words from God at some point. Well done, good and faithful servant. That is what I want. That is what I am after. Over the next, and over the next few weeks, as we talk through some different things, that's going to be our focus. Okay, so that's enough of an introduction. I know it's kind of like just wetting some of the, our appetite a little bit, and that was the goal with this. So let's just get right to the Bible. Please stand with me all over this place, and let's read together uh, our passage of Scripture for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and we're going to start with verse number 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Read this with me as, just as I read it out loud. Here's what it says. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, 
yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. God, we we invite you into this moment, and Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would fill our minds with your thoughts and your ways and your words, and God, that we would just be overwhelmed with, with, uh, with what you have for us today. Let us wrestle with this and feel the tension of some of this today. Uh, God, let that never go away, and, and let that really change some things. And so, God, we give this to you. I pray right now that you would help me, and that this would not be just my thoughts, but that Um, that some amazing things from you would come out of this. And so, Lord, we just pray for that. We give it to you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. (coughs) Well, I have good news and I have bad news, and they're both the same. Are you ready? Last night, uh, at about 9 or 10 o'clock, I kind of completely changed everything of my sermon. So the good news in that is, Sometimes I feel like those are moments when God comes out pretty massively. The bad news is I feel super unprepared. <laughs> Seriously, I, I really put it up like a bunch of time this week only to have all of that kind of be ripped out and chucked into the trash and then kind of hashed together in what feels like uh, not the normal way for me, okay? And so I'm setting all of that up in that way just in case it's horrible. I'm starting with an excuse is what's going on, okay? There we go. That's good. Nod your head. That's right. Uh, the, this has the potential today to come across as like just the most simplistic, basic thing you could ever imagine Uh, because at the very root of what we're going to see from what we just read in the Bible and what we're going to talk about from other places is just this simple idea that the life that we're living here on earth is not all there is. And there's probably no one in this place where that's a new idea for you. We've grown up in a culture where where we, we, we hear that. Whether you believe it or not is one thing, but you know, we're not really breaking whole new ground today, Copernicus, you know, when it comes to this, because this is just the way that is normal uh, in the way that we, we think. But at the same time, with one of the simplest ideas here that you can imagine, that this life here is not all that there is, that there's more coming, uh, there's also just with this a massively deep, difficult chunk of amazingness. Is a weird way to say it, but okay. And I'm going to start this whole thing by just by talking about I think some things in my life over the years. As I've gotten a little bit older, some things have changed for me in my thinking and the way that I understand God and the Bible and all of that. for For a long time, my understanding of God was fairly black and white. And Uh, Over the years, I've learned that there's a whole lot of what we do and a whole lot of what we are striving for that is actually quite gray. Uh, let, Let me explain, okay? Of course, there is all sorts of black and white issues and black and white things that come out of the scripture and of God and theology, God, like things that God says that are absolutes, 
that you don't even need to debate and have different, this is, this is real and this is truth. God tells his people to do this and not do this. And okay, there are some absolute things that are in the Bible, uh, but there's a lot to this that is actually kind of gray and takes a little bit of wrestling with. Uh, let me give you a couple examples. God tells his people to be generous. But what exactly does that mean? And where exactly is the generous line where now I'm generous but I wasn't before? And okay, where, how does this work? And is this a universal thing for all of us that generosity looks and feels the same way? Or is this a little bit different for each and every person? Okay, you can feel the tension in that. I don't really know. It's to be worked out and wrestled with. One of the Ten Commandments just says like, thou shalt not covet. Is it is a Ten Commandment? To covet is to look at something that somebody has in an unhealthy way and want it for yourself. But where exactly is the the line where we are now coveting but we weren't coveting? Because I look all over the place at all sorts of amazing things that everybody has, some of the cars in the parking lot and some of the homes that I drive by, and I say, wow, I would love to have that. Is that coveting? Where where is the line? Where is the line here? Because not very many of us walk around and say, man, you know, you come, you come to the forward and say, I'm just having a really hard time coveting. We don't say that, okay? But on, just, just feel that, feel that with me today. It, there's a tension to be worked out at some point when we're looking at someone else's stuff, their house, their cars, their spouse, their whatever else, and we're wanting it for our, for our own, there's a spot where this is no longer okay. Where that is, is for us to wrestle with, all right? Uh, uh, the, Jesus tells us to preach the gospel and to be witnesses to the world, but what exactly does that mean? We know that we're supposed to do that. Does that mean standing on street corners with signs and blowhorn things? Does that, does that mean speaking super harsh, blunt words to people's face? Does, does, does that mean putting Christian-themed posts on social media? What does this look like for us to be witnesses? Okay, This is something for us to work out, to feel the tension in some of that stuff, and to work. The, the, the Bible is filled with this kind of stuff. I, for a long time, I wanted things to just be black and white. Just tell me what to do and what not to do, and I'll just sign up, and this is how I'm going to live my life. The, more, the older I've got, the more I've realized that's not exactly how this works. There is a tension in much of what we as Christians have to do and have to be. Okay? So let's just be open and honest with that. And today, today, I'm telling you, today for me is a massive tension moment and tension topic. And I hope that as we get to the end of this, you feel that as well today and that you leave this place. Like my, my goal here is not to tell you what to do and what not to do today. The goal is really to say, okay, Paul, and we'll look at some of this in the scripture, is going to lay this out and it's something we should feel attention about all the time and be wrestling with all the time, okay? Because that's there for me. A few, a few moments ago, we read this passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians Second uh, Corinthians, a letter by this man named Paul, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he writes uh, at least 13 letters that we have in our Bible. He writes other letters as well. Uh, but this, this letter in specific, Second Corinthians, is a letter to Christians in this 
um, in this city of Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece. It's, it's, it's not the first letter he wrote to them, which is why it has the big two in front of Corinthians, okay? In fact, we think Paul wrote at least three letters to them. We just have two of them in our Bible. Okay, enough of that little details here. But understand, Paul is the author here, and Paul has lived a very, very different life than you and I have lived. In fact, in the area of suffering, specifically, Paul has suffered more than, than most. And he has suffered specifically in this world and in this life because of his faith in Jesus. He suffered massively. And you can look at some of the things that he went through and some of the things, you know, it brought it, he's in cities and they try to stone him to death. They think he's dead and they drag him out of the cities and leave him on the road. And he eventually gets up and wobbles back into the city and continues to preach. This is the guy we're talking about here. That's one instance of things that he faced over and over and over in his life. So he comes at this, he comes at this idea of life here on earth compared to what's coming next with a little bit of a different mindset than most of us. Understand, because he did not experience America and houses and the things that you and I have and all of that that goes on, okay? And so he carries a different understanding of life that comes out in his writing. And so with all that in mind here, let's look at these three verses and let's just try to, to rip some things out of this and see what God has for us today. So verse 16, here we go. Let's go again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. In the previous verses, like right up until this, Paul is talking about the difficulties that we face here in life on earth. He's hinting at suffering and trouble and situations and issues, and he's writing to an audience who is suffering and is going to suffer more. In the Roman Empire, being a Christian, okay, eventually things are going to get super messy for them, and it has already started. And into that, he says, though outwardly we are wasting away, like, but we are being renewed inside day by day. He's trying to encourage people here who are living in difficult situations, uh, but he's also like just being super real with them about some things. Outwardly we are wasting away. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Talking about suffering here, and he calls them light and momentary troubles, is the words that Paul uses, so don't miss that. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Okay? Now, in these three verses that we read, Paul goes back and forth and in and out of the life that we have here on earth and what is coming after. And he kind of goes like this, in and out of them throughout those three verses, uh, <coughs> the part that comes after, our, after we die and the part that we live here and now. And he uses different words to describe each of those things. In fact, when we look at what he says about our life here and now, he, he brings it up three specific times and he uses a different word and different wording for each of them. Okay, for this side of death, for the life we live here and now, he writes, we are wasting away. And then in verse 17, he says, momentary troubles. And then verse 18, what is seen is temporary. 
Now that is all about here and now, the way that we live. Focus for a moment on those words, like wasting away, momentary, temporary. The words he uses here. Now this passage of scripture, originally when Paul wrote it, he wrote it in Greek. Now I don't speak Greek. I know like zero Greek, except for maybe Alpha and Omega is all I really know, okay? Yeah, I think that's Greek, isn't it? Uh, we're good. I don't know if someone went. All right, but... There, have, there are some pretty amazing resources that you can use to look at some different words and how things play. So what we have is an English translation of the letter that he wrote. That's what we have. Uh, the phrase wasting away, it's a single word in the original Greek. We have it as kind of a whole phrase for us. Uh, this word is most commonly used to describe what happens to a body in a grave. So think, think like rotting corpse or decomposing. This is fun now, isn't it? Okay, the, the, and this is the word that he uses, like quite literally, Paul says, outwardly our physical bodies are rotting, are decomposing, they're wasting away. Uh, we also have the word momentary in verse number 17. He uses that phrase, momentary troubles. The word momentary, you like simply just defined as a markedly brief time a markedly brief time. And understand Paul here, when he says momentary troubles, is not just talking about the fact that we're facing some stuff here, but oh, it's gonna get better. That's the way that we talk, okay? It's gonna get better. When he says momentary troubles, he's talking about our entire life here on earth because Paul, over and over and over, is going to hint at the fact that momentary troubles never really go away for us here, as Christians specifically, okay? And then uh, later in verse number 18, he says, what is seen is temporary. That word is simply just defined. The word temporary is like not permanent, okay? This is brilliant, I know. But don't, but don't miss this with me. Paul seems to carry with him this understanding and this belief that we really don't hang on to in the same way. And, and the understanding and the belief is that our time here on earth is m crazy short, and that it's, we're here for a moment, and then we are gone. In fact, the book of James, he, he, taught, he says like, we, it's like a mist here on earth. Like think of a spray bottle. You spray it for a moment, and it goes, and it's gone. This is the way the Bible talks about our life here and now on earth. Life is short, and I think most of us, like we like to, we say that, and we kind of agree with that, but okay, we're still talking 80, 90 plus years, which doesn't feel short for us, but uh, I, I have another birthday coming this year. Comes every year, doesn't it? Uh, but as you get older, birthdays just aren't quite the same. Anyone know what I'm talking about? As birthdays now become a reminder that you are not as young as you used to be. Uh, and uh, th this winter, I was trying to be, just trying to stay, I'm trying to stay a little bit healthy in some different things. And I was playing, I was playing basketball like twice a week. And so I would go and one of, one of the times I would play every week was with all the young guys because I'm just trying to stay and be young and cool. Okay, I was failing, but that's what was going on. The other time is called the old man's league. And that's funny when they say old man's league because you want to know how you define the old man's league in basketball here in Zoc Center? 35 and up. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? And so they, there's, there's this old man, old man basketball that gets together and we, and we play and uh, we all think that we're better than we are. But like... So, 
Some things have been changing for me in this area. Uh, I, I used to just go, I used to just go play, and I and I'd wake up the next morning like just ready to take on the world. I'd sleep beautifully and just it's like let's go. You don't I don't feel any pain. I'm just ready, and it was great and all of that. Like this winter. I was finding that it was taking me almost two full days to physically recover every time I played one time. So, so think about the math here with me. I'm playing two times, and each one of those have two different days of recovery. There's only one day in my life I was not feeling pain for the whole winter long. My bo- I don't know what is going on. Uh, what is happening to me? Paul would say, your physical body's wasting away. It's you're getting, you're getting older. Paul tells us here that life is short, it's temporary, but what's interesting is the word that he uses to describe the other side of death is a totally different word uh, than, than short, okay? He, multiple times Paul uses the word eternal, eternal, okay? Uh, this is verse 17 and 18, the word eternal, super common Greek word. This shows up all throughout the Bible, and uh, it's almost always translated into English as eternal. Uh, but listen to the definition of this word eternal. Continuing forever. Continuing forever. Or sometimes it's without end is the word eternal. One side of this, super temporary. The other side of this does not end. Do, do, you feel, do you feel the weight of that? You know, and I, I uh, originally I was planning on doing this illustration and having this rope and, and, and I was going to lay out this long rope and have it wrapped around and we're going to pretend that this rope like goes all the way to Minneapolis. Then we're going to put a little tiny piece of tape on the very end of it and we were going to say, okay, look, you know, this, this little piece of tape right now is our life here on earth and this is the rest of our existence. It goes on forever and ever and we just get so, we're so worried about, oh, where are we going to eat and, and uh, I'm so excited and I'm just going to save up and work hard until I get to write about here and then I'm going to retire and I'm going to travel and it's going to be so great and we focus so much on that when we have this forever and ever and ever in our future life here short after we die forever forever yeah And when we live this temporary part of our life, don't miss this right here. When we live this temporary part of our life for this temporary part of our life, then we waste this temporary part of our life. That's kind of confusing, okay? And it leads me to just kind of say this. We waste our lives when we make now more important than forever. We waste our lives when we make now more important than forever. Like this shouldn't even be a conversation that we have to have. If we have a super temporary part of our existence and we put it in comparison to forever, this is just like it's just common sense. But here's the tension in all of this. What does that look like? What does it look like? What does it look like for us to live this temporary part of our life, not just for the temporary part of our life, but for our forever? And right there is what make this, makes this conversation so difficult because we're just left here to wrestle with that. But here is the issue. I find that most Christians 
are not wrestling with that tension. And the question is not necessarily what exactly does this look like, but are you wrestling with that? Because if we are not wrestling with the tension of temporary versus eternal and living our lives right now and here, then we are missing something massively when it comes to the Bible. See, because you know what what most Christians think about stuff like this? Like, like they just think, all I got to do is get into heaven when I die. And I I just need to kind of live out the basic requirements to get that done And I'm telling you, the result of this type of thinking, like we live, like the result of this is just an apathetic, complacent version of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, let me bring you back to our passage of scripture for today. Okay, this is verse number, this is verse number 18. Okay, Paul has been writing this. He writes, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. And seen and unseen, again, are two ways of saying now and forever. We fix our eyes on that, like not what is, not what is seen, but what is unseen. Like that's what we focus on. That becomes our priority. That becomes what matters. It becomes the lens in which we see everything else. We fix our eyes on our eternity. Biblically speaking, like we waste our lives here on earth when our eyes are fixed on now. When they're fixed on now. Now let me show you a couple other things that that the Apostle Paul wrote in a few other places. This is Philippians chapter 3, a different letter that he wrote. But I want to paint a picture of, get into the mind of the Apostle Paul here really quick as we kind of get ready to bring this all to a close, okay? Uh, He says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. That word garbage actually in the original Greek is more literally translated as dung, by the way, Uh, but they kind of soften it a little bit for us right here, okay? but this is Paul working out some of the tension in his own life, isn't it? He's looking back to where he started and where he used to be on his journey, and he's comparing it to things later in his life at the point when he's writing this letter. And he just says, the stuff over here that used to be so important to me, like it's all a loss now compared to this. Uh, he, he, he's just like, the stuff I used to focus on, the stuff that used to be my priority, the way that I used to view the world and go through things and the life that I was living before, like it's, it's, it's dung compared to what I have here with Jesus. It's, it's garbage. It does not even matter is what he's writing. A few chapters earlier, he wrote this. He wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. <clears throat> if I am to go on living in my body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. But, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body, okay? Paul, Paul here, he's wrestling with 
it's better for me to be dead than to be here anymore. Because if I, if I were to die, and he knows death is coming, by the way, in all of this, and he's going to be executed for being a Christian, okay? If I were to die, then I can be with Jesus, and I can get started on the forever with him. And there's something so beautiful and so appealing and so amazing. It's like all of this living is for that, and part of me just wants to go be there. But if I stay here on this earth, I could also just do this fruitful labor for God and I could do this stuff and I could help other people and I could and it would be better for you he's talking to the people so I just don't know which I should choose here he lives with this tension all the time of where am I at and what how do I figure how do I how do I view this stuff in light of eternity? Okay, now listen. We like we read all this stuff about suffering Christians of the Bible. We we read all this stuff about history, and we we, we read, read the words of the Apostle Paul, and he deals with the tension, and yet we turn around and and we worship God here as long as we are healthy and wealthy here and now. Music team, will you please come? Now, I can, I can feel for myself today that I'm a little scattered with some of my thoughts. But I want to try just in about a three-minute period to kind of bring this all together. Our greatest fear should not be failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Well done, my good and faithful servant from the mouth of Jesus. Outwardly, we are wasting away. It is temporary. It's for a moment. So we fix our eyes on eternal things. So, so what, is, what does that look like? What does that mean? And that's the question. And that's the question that should bother us, among other things. It's a question that we should think about. It's a question that we should pray about. It's a question that we should have conversations with other people about. It's a question that we should feel this deep down tension of God, what does this look like for me to live my life with my eyes fixed on eternity, but to live here and now? And this question should come up. It should come up over and over. When I go to, to buy a new house, I should think to myself, God, how do I deal with the tension here? When I go and, I, and I'm getting a new job and I'm moving and I'm doing whatever, I should be thinking about, God, what is this? where does this play into all of this? I'm not saying you can't have nice houses and do different things. I'm saying, are you feeling the tension? The tension of eternity is forever and here and now is a mist. It's here for a moment and then it is gone. We should feel the tension of our priorities here on earth. It should bother us. We should strive all the time to figure that out, to move in that direction, and to better fix our eyes on eternity. Please stand with me all over this place. God, we take a moment here to respond and to reflect on 
on a difficult, complex issue, God, that can seem so simple. And Lord, I just pray, I just pray that out of this and out of your very word today would come a deep down desire to wrestle with some of these questions. And not not to come to the point where we have the answers because I'm not sure that that's what this is. But that this question would bother us and that it would cause us to get on our knees and it would lead to us having conversations and humbly looking at our lives in view of our forever. So Lord, we just pray for you to challenge us and you to change us and you to move in our hearts and in our lives. In your name we pray. For some of us in this place, you feel you feel the tension of this moment because for you, you don't you don't have any idea what's going to happen to you when you die. And and it's not like we have all of the details figured out as Christians when it comes to what this looks like and how this plays out, okay? But there is just an assurance that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. See, the Bible says we are all sinners. The Bible says we have, like, we have turned our back. And it's why he sent Jesus. And there's this beautiful relationship with God uh, that that we can have restored if we put our trust and our faith in him and our eternity can be secure in some of that. And if you're here today and you would just simply say, man, I've never made that decision for myself to put my faith and my trust in Jesus and what he did with no one looking around, just put your hand up for me. I just wanna pray with you. Uh, Anyone in this place that would just simply say, yes, that is me today. If you're watching behind a screen right now, you can respond to what God may be moving in you about too. And even in this area right here, you can respond to this. Anyone in this place that would just simply say, yes, that's me. Church, can we just, can we just pray together? Everyone in this place, let's just pray. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and let's just celebrate for a moment the God that cares about us so much and sent Jesus. As you walk out these doors today, my prayer is that you will deal with this and feel this tension. Again, this, this, is, hard, this is a hard message to like lay out. Why? Because it's just, it's like, what do we do with this? I think the answer is we have tension about it and we feel that and we face that and we ask and we learn and we grow with all of that. So as we go today, let that be on your minds, in your hearts, and let's figure some of this out together. Thanks so much for coming today. We have prayer tonight at six. You are dismissed.